Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones, the last in a four-part mini-series of Black Sabbaths. Um, this one is uh, Conclusions, Delusions and Illusions. I'm going in uh, with no notes today. I thought I would just wing it in my head. I've been thinking about it for the last few days. I was going to do um, sort of like an episode on, on cover versions, but after listening to a couple of atrocious ones and a couple of good ones, I really didn't want to be negative um, so I'm not going to do that. Um, so I thought I'd just chat about some things that have come across my mind after um, the, the weekend, how the weekend's been going, and my sort of brain went one direction, so I thought this is the way to do it. Now, I have to apologise a bit. If I make a bit of old man noises, one second. Oh. I was at a gig on Saturday night at the basement. It was um, four bands. It was a cover version band night thing, and... It was um, Van Halen, Poison, Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden. I wasn't there for... I couldn't get there till latish, so I missed out the first two cover bands, which didn't bother me too much. Um, but I did see a really good band on the, on the small stage called Endless Grin. They're a um, Punjabi, Hindi, um, death metal band. Absolutely brilliant. They really rocked it. They did a great version of... Um, of the trooper which was like was crazy uh so that was nice caught up with some friends callum and, and maggie and and laurie and things it was it was written way it was really good um but i did headbang as i always do to iron maiden um quite violently uh as my want and i'm a bit sort of stiff and sore so and my throat's a bit raw so if i Go a bit croaky or I make old man noises because I can't turn my head. Hang on. Um, you know, it is what it is. Even seasoned, seasoned um, nutters like me, uh, it can get take your toll, you know. One second. So, conclusions, delusions and illusions, right? So, I thought we'd talk about, uh, i talk about this week about... Uh, the the first part we'll talk about 
the what Sabbath the conclusions for me is what Sabbath means and and what it what it's what it means to the world of music in general not just heavy metal and rock and roll but what it means to the music in general their uh, influences how they've influenced and how bands are different now to where they were to the way that say um, Sabbath was so my conclusion really is that Sabbath will always be whether you're um, a fan of them or not and which I find unusual if you're not it seems to me not quite normal but you know we're all different we all have our this is the beauty of humanity um, the thing about Sabbath is it there, there is a, as I was I interviewed Tony Doolan uh, from Venom Inc on uh, name drop name drop um, on just early, earlier in the week and we were discussing about every band has its um, has its if it's a big band with a lot of history, uh, the, when you listen to the band, you, unless you come in from the beginning with them, everyone has their moment, right? So Black Sabbath, uh, I'm a Tony Martin Black Sabbath moment. I'm a, uh, a Tony Doolan Venom moment because you may have listened to them, you might have listened listen to the albums quite, you know, like you might have gone and, like with me with Venom, I was given... At War with Satan by a friend, and uh, listen, it just blew my mind. But the first thing I did was then go because this was about about 1990, 1991 when um, they released um, Primeval. I went and bought the latest Venom album, and that was that was the Tony Doolan Venom album. And so, it sort of, really, you know, that's who the night attached to. Same with Sabbath. Um, I'm a big Sabbath fan. I've listened to them since I was a young boy. But when I went to go buy my album and go and see them with my money, it was Tony Martin, so it become my era. And I think what happens is that you know you get some really um, you get some really nasty people saying nasty things because about certain people, certain eras of their bands, because they're not being subjective; they're being reactive. Um, and as I said with Mob Rules, I felt a little bit bad after the Mob Rules episode, to be honest with you, um, because I said, no, I'm not a negative person by nature, and I found to be, sometimes with criticisms, you've got to read, and it's the word criticism, is it's there in the word, right? You've got to sort of criticise it, you can't always be, you can't always eulogise it, and um, so it was a bit, I felt uncomfortable slightly about it afterwards, but you know, as I got the feedback, you know, you say what you feel, and and that's how I felt. Um, but way back, so let's go back to where I started this conversation. So you've got a band as um, as large as Sabbath in the pantheon of music. You're going to have eras, you know, where your diehard fans are this era, that era, um, uh, you know, and it's usually around vocalists very rarely do people go oh no that's the you know that's not the Cliff Burton era Metallica I'm that because I'm sort of connected with Cliff Burton because he's a bass player and I really enjoy his I think he was a genius so you know once he left once he died sadly I think Metallica lost their way Um, again you know it's his personal taste personal opinion Uh, it's not not without you running around shaking your fists at me it's a personal opinion is what it is um but so it's usually around singer changes and i think sabbath um in conclusions i think sabbath 
is all things to everyone, is what I'm trying to get to, um, which is a rare, a rare beast, isn't it? Um, because I will not listen to, uh, not listen to, that's a whole, too strong a word, I don't tend to listen to Steve Hogarth era Marillion albums. First two, same with, uh, apart from the first two, same with um, non Gabriel Genesis, I like the two albums after um, Trick of a Tale and with Wind and Mothering because they, they sort of sound like Gabriel a bit um, and so, you know, I tend not to go there but it doesn't mean I wouldn't go there you know I tend not to but I wouldn't but with Sabbath, you find that you know you'll give everything you'll get, most people give all Sabbath areas a go Um you know, even Iron Maiden, and I said back way back in some early episode, if you go back to one of the episodes, one of the first ones I did, we were talking about Maiden, um, you know, I didn't do the Blaze Bailey albums because I was a snobbish idiot. Um, and then I sort of got back to them, and they're actually really good albums. They really are. Um, that aside, You know, aside from the fact that I'm not a fan of Blaze Bailey's Maiden era, um, he, he gave it a go. And that's the thing with Sabbath, it, it, it's all things to everyone. Okay, so you can dip in and go, I like the Dio era, you know, who doesn't like the Aussie era? Oh, I might give the Martin go, yeah, give Martin, oh, I might give, you know, um, you know, all the all the other, uh, you know, singers, not that there's been many, a go, right? Um, and you sort of, you're happy to bounce along. I don't know many bands that have that kind of, hold over the fans and over the genre um, you know and not just that but if you if you there are I mean we'll talk about this in, in, in on the in a little while but there's a thing about musical growth um, sad you know not sadly because it's we're lucky but there are bands that are coming through now that I don't know where the musical growth is going to go you know like if you look at um and I did the episode, Where's the Blues Gone Man? Um, if you look at, say, the, the core um, the core energy, if you want to use the right word, for Black Sabbath, the, the, is that they were a blues band. Because they would come through with the blues explosion of the 60s in the UK. And every single street had a blues club. Everyone was playing blues. Um and not to belittle the um, the medium and the genre, I love the blues. It once you know the basic constraints, you can basic, you know, you can really write a song. It's very like punk. They're very have very much synergy punk and blues because it's it's written by people who were uneducated or less educated in the music. Um, it was all about feel and drive and passion, and I think. You know, and not then they're not constrained by the fact that I don't know what an augmented seventh or a suspended seventh or a, you know, mixolydian. They don't care if that sound note sounds good to that next to that note, whether it's correct or not. It doesn't matter to them. It just sounds good to them. And I think this is why that the blues um, is important. But that's another note. But so, you know, they they come from that. Um, they were called Earth originally, and my friend saw them in a blues club in Birmingham called Earth. Lucky, so and so, um, and 
you know, one second, my computer, see, I chat, 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 chat. It goes into sleep mode. I never know how to get it out. Um, admin, 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 eh? Um, anyway, so they, they grow, right? So they're growing and they go from a blues band to like almost overnight to a heavy rock band. And they don't like, I mean, Ozzy never liked the term heavy metal. So let's just say that they, they in their minds, they're heavy rock bands. We paint them as a heavy metal band um, because they make fast and heavy music that um, isn't blues, that is a bit more just more away from the blues. Um, so it's not a heavy rock band. I would never put them in the same category as, say, Deep Purple or Led Zeppelin or Badfinger. I just wouldn't. I think that early, maybe the first, not even the first album. No, no I, I just can't even do it. I don't think. I think they just didn't. They they changed completely as soon as the first album was released. But what I'm saying is, there's growth, right? So, and and as they grow, as all pe- as all things grow. We change, right? We we don't stay twelve all the time, you know. Unless you're Cliff Richard, uh, you don't stay twelve forever, right? So um, you tend to change, and this is the beauty of of bands like Black Sabbath because they come from the blues. Where do they go? Well, blues because it's because blues is the root of all at the root. I believe truly is at the root of all modern music. Um, you know, jazz, then blues, then modern music. Uh, there's there's growth you can build on it and move forward and you change i think the sad i think the sad part of modern bands now that come out um because they or the, the the genres are already so rigidly defined that they come into it and there's nowhere to go and when they do go it becomes so unlistenable to an extent that it was and too esoteric that you that you're not going to sell records all right now, I mean, there's a classic, classic example of this is that, you know, um, Stiff Little Fingers, the punk band, my favourite, one of my favourites. Now, they want to be a jazz band, right? They want to play jazz. Now, the thing about that is, and they were gifted enough to play jazz, but they couldn't play jazz because they wanted to A, sell lots of records, B, sleep with lots of women, and C, tour the world. And you're not going to do that by playing jazz. You're just not. Um, so they, you know, you you find um, a way to into the music, and their way in was that was the, luckily, was the the power and the aggression and the energy of punk. Um, it's like uh, film film directors, you know, great film directors come in and start making horror movies first because it's easy, it's bang for your buck, um, you know, and then you can be off and do what you want. And then you're in the industry. I mean, look at. It doesn't always work. You look at uh, Sam Raimi. You know, he makes one of the greatest independent movies. In fact, one of the most successful independent movies of all time before Paranormal Activity. Um, Evil Dead, you know. Um, and then he goes on to destroy Sp- Spider-Man. Uh, so, what can you do? It doesn't always work, does it, right? It doesn't always work. And we look at Metallica. You know, Metallica, um, a genre-defining band. You know, I saw them in the Milton Keynes Bowl. They were a genre-defining thrash act. Go on and make Lulu. So, you know, you, you, you're going to have to have uh, the rough of the smooth sometimes. It doesn't always work. What I'm just trying to say back to Sabbath is that their 
I think they're one of their main um, one of their main. And, sorry, guys, I'm rambling. If I'm rambling, I'm not using any notes. I'm going in without a parachute today, without. But it's just because I feel like trying the old school stuff. Because I used to do this before. Um, they 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 grow, right? And because they grow, they they change. And when they change, they create different sounds. When they create different sounds, the difference between say Sabbath and Sam Raimi is that at the core of Sabbath and at the core of say Stiff Little Fingers and at the core of all great bands that have, have, have grown, The Who um, is a good example, um, and moved forward. Jeff Rotol is another good one. Uh, grew, grown and moved forward in genres, and even Genesis to some extent, um, is that you have one key musician that 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 or two that drive and have that single focus drive. You know, and we have Tony Iommi in this one. I mean, Geezer Butler, yes, but Geezer Butler, um, in and out a bit. You know, not I. I, I mean, I'm not saying he's not as focused because I'm sure he absolutely is. Sorry, Geezer, if you're listening, if you are listening, nice one. Um, but you know, musically, you've got Tony Iommi because at his core, he's he's a blues man, right? And and from that, you know, from those. Um, how do we say it without with, from those open notes and spaces that blues gives you um, he's made a tight closed sound heavy sound that's so uniquely them it's so uniquely him and it always will be even if it's Tony Martin era and you're not a fan even if it's the um, you know um, Ozzy or Dio whoever it, 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 it doesn't matter because at a core you've got Tony Omi with his ridiculous library library of riffs because he, he's freed by the freedom of blues and jazz behind him right so that's the heritage that i think that they, they, that they give to other bands but i don't think that's happening now i think sadly i think that we look at um you know that they're, they're they're not as open i don't get that feeling that you could get an album from say I don't know, I'm not even going to pick a band it, just some band right and you, and they release an album you love it and then because you love it and you sell so many records and you pack out stadiums you're not going to you don't want to change because everyone everyone it's human nature to hate change and fear and fear change right so it's the brave that change it's the brave that grow and I think that our black Sabbath in that respect I will always hold um, fans and fans and not, not fans alike, unfans alike, unfans, whatever the right word is, a detractors maybe um, alike. Is the the respect is that they have grown. They do albums that are different, but you might shout, but Tony, no Tony, they all sound the same. No, they don't. They really, really don't. There is no way that you would have said. To anyone listening to their very first album, hey, you're going to make Mob Rules. Hey, you're going to make Dehumanizer. Hey, you're going to make Tear, Hitler's Cross, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. They they are so different, each album to each album. Yes, a lot of it is um, due to the amount of um, nose candy that they were enjoying. 
but that's that's just part and parcel of it. I mean, most musicians or most creatives um, will use some kind of altering mechanism. I'm going to say that nicely because I don't want it to sound like I condone it, but they will use some kind of altering mechanism, whether it's an illicit drug, whether it's a bottle of Jack Daniels, whether it's uh, a good, you know, something, you know, a mushroom, I don't know. Well, they're going to do something that, that helps them open and free their mind a bit more. It just happens that they get addicted to it, and then um, a can either destroy them or destroy the music. And this is the this is the fine line that we play right between madness and and insanity. Uh, Sorry, let's get my tea. Oh man, I'm so sore. A good sore, but sore. Anyway. That's my rambling. I think that the um, that we sort of have to say thank you, Sabbath, for the thank you for the music. <laughs> an Abba. I was going to do an Abba quote then. <laughs> oh dear, um, you know, and and just be thankful for whatever era is your whatever era is your Sabbath era. Um, whichever one you tune into, you might like all of them. You might like hate, you might only like only one of them, um, but it, you just got to say thank you because truly, without them releasing that, you know, groundbreaking album all those years ago, uh, we wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now. Um, I might be here, but I might be talking about I don't know, prog still. Or, Jazz or something, or punk, whatever. Although I love talking about punk and I love Planet Brog, but um, jazz is something that I'm not sure about. Um, truly, uh, on a side note, if anyone has any recommendations, I'd, I I really want to understand it. I really want to listen to it. I, I don't want to be closed-minded. I just don't, I can't, I can't connect with it. Um, and it's not because it's not fast and heavy, because that's like, you know me. I can listen to any, I listen to everything and anything. But it, I just find it a little bit um, exclusive and not inclusive. You know, it's like it's like when you go around mates and they'd say an in joke and you don't know what the joke's about. But everyone's having a good laugh and you feel, you know, on the sideline going looking in, going, "Well, I should be laughing, but if I laugh, it'll be fake." And that's the same the way I feel about jazz. It's like you should be listening. I don't want to say, "Hey." I listen to this, this, and this, and Ella Fitzgerald, and you go, yeah, great, and you don't understand it. And I don't want to say, hey, I don't understand. It's like, it's like uh, back to like Metallica and Lulu and the, and and, and Saint Anger and the Black Album, you know, those sort of those albums and and Death Magnetic and all that stuff. It, I want to like it. I want to understand where they were coming from, but I don't at the same time. And sometimes I get a little bit snobbish about it and go, yeah, <laughs> that's an anger. Everyone hates that. But there are people out there who, might, who would have think that's God's gift to, to music, you know. I got the thing, I bought, when I bought the CD, I bought it home. I put it on. I remember it was in the corner. We were painting the lounge room at the time. And my daughter was probably about 14, 15 maybe. And she asked me about it. And I remember my wife said... Oh, that's heavy metal, Matt. Tone, uh, love, you know, that's Metallica. And I and I just went, no, it's not. And I took out the CD player after like literally one playthrough and I chucked it in the bin. I'm not proud of that moment. 
Um, but I did once. I did once give back to a girl, an ex-girlfriend. She gave me a, a Guns N' Roses cassette. I think it was Spaghetti. It might be Spaghetti. One of the albums. And she was working in a local checkout as a checkout girl in one of the local um, Waitrose. It was in in Brent Cross. And I walked back round and I gave it back to her while she was at working. I put it onto a conveyor belt and I remember watching it slowly move towards her and I went, nah, not for me. Surprise, surprise, the relationship lasted no longer than a day after that. Um, ritual humili- hum- uh, the ritual humiliation that I did there. What a plonker. Uh, <laughs> at the time, I was just being honest. But now I think I should have said, thanks, love, and put it in the cupboard and never played it again. But... I was just trying to be, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Anyway, sidetrack, sidetrack. Coming to the end of this side, um, we're going to sort of come into the other side and um, we'll just have a chat about um, each era's pluses and minuses um, and uh, where where do you think uh, it all goes from there. Anyway, thanks for listening to side A, part A or part one, whatever you like, look at it. Um, listen to enjoy some uh, ad ads wherever you are. Come some commercialism. Uh, I will go and warm my tea up, and uh, I'll see you on the other side, guys. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
Welcome back to part two, side B or whatever. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Um, I've got my fresh tea. You lubricate the old vocal cords. So in part one, we talked about, well, we sort of rambled, I sort of rambled, winning with no notes. I knew what I was in my mind um, about sort of the history of what Sabbath was and, and how we feel about it and where, or how I feel about it and how we should think about it and its influences. Um, I don't think there is a heavy metal or heavy rock band on this planet playing right now doesn't have an influence by the mighty black sabbath i really don't um yes some of the newer met bands will now here's interesting right here's how i look at this say there's a young bunch of swedish men and women boys and girls whatever um steiger band up and they've only listened to day aside or um i don't know iron maiden or uh, Judas Priest, or I suppose this is more extreme stuff. Uh, Behemoth, for instance, which I just got the new Behemoth album, by the way, signed from the band. Beautiful product. I mean, they do beautiful product. Great album as well. Um, you know, they're playing their music because they go, I'm only listening to, I'm playing it because it's. Uh, I'm so influenced by such and such, saving the extreme bands. What they don't realize, I think, is that. They're playing music by bands that were influenced by Sabbath. So in it, indirectly, they are playing music and they are being influenced by them. Um, I know that sounds like a sort of obvious thing to say, but it's it's quite interesting when you think about it, isn't it? Because um, I've been there. Um, I was um, I'd play in bands and we were like, no, we're we're a hardcore punk band, you know, and. We don't. We're not influenced by any of that rock and roll rubbish, and of course we are, because we're doing guitar pieces that music that sounds like Chuck Berry, all right? Because we're Pistols fans, but Pistols, but Steve, Steve Jones played Chuck Berry riffs because they're easy to play and infectious and the heart rock and roll. Um, and so you know when people like, oh no, we're playing. I'm only playing a tonal. Um, down tune, drone, sludge, doom, whatever they subgenre they want to talk about, right at the core of their DNA is Black Sabbath. And right at the core of DNA of Black Sabbath is jazz and blues. So, you know, it always, and, you know, and as I mentioned before, I think a lot of classical influences um, in and around the Black Sabbath um, milieu. Um, milieu, it's a good word, doesn't it? rolls off the tongue a bit um you know uh it, it it's so what i'm trying to say is that you know even so if you're if you're, if you're one of those bands you're like oh no no i'm only playing drop c and you know palm muting drone stuff i don't have anything to do with black sabbath yeah you do really um you do because you wouldn't be picking that guitar up and playing that esoteric nonsense um sorry how many just being a little bit if you love that stuff you love that stuff um because of sabbath and it's an i and and a lot of us are extremely big iron maiden fans and without without sabbath no iron maiden okay because the noobin movement or new new wave of british heavy metal really heavily influenced by the heavy rock scene of the late 70s 
mid to late 70s so your deep purples your black sabbaths even though i said they weren't heavy rock they were still in that genre because heavy metal didn't really exist you know your steppenwolfs your um your bad fingers you know your free you know those sort of like um blue denim flared tight shirts big hair um heaviness that the british do so well and did so well um no other country on the on the on earth could do it like them um i mean obviously people do it well now but back then you know, your zeppelins you know it was just like at that time it was cold uh, and, and your, your your um thin lizzies i'm forgetting I shouldn't forget the thin lizzies right um yeah so the conclusion is that when people say they're not influenced by them now, they they are. I just would like to see, I'd like to feel that there is that we are gonna sit here. All right, noise with the table. We're gonna sit here in another ten years time if I'm still doing this thing, um, and look at bands and go, wow, look how they've evolved. Look at the evolution of this band. You know, they may be playing country music now, God forbid, but. They've evolved. That's what they wanted to do, and they 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 they're chasing they're chasing their passions, not the almighty dollar. Um, I know that sounds sort of um, romantic that people just do it for the music, but I think they generally do. What's what I got when I talked to Tony the other day? The, the sense I got from him was that um, by no means, you know, are they are they stadium headliners? And he, but they are full of the passion for music and, and he is so full of of the passion for love of music and he's a massive massive Sabbath fan um, and speaking of when I said I uh, couldn't say good things about Sabbath cover bands I have to say if you can find it I don't believe it's on Spotify um, I couldn't find it on Spotify the other day I've got a, my copy on vinyl but Tony and um, and Jeff from Venom Inc. Um, Mantis, they decided to help get during the height of COVID in Italy when all those Italians were, you know, dying so badly. Um, Tony has a lot of friends and 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 does a lot in Italy, and he decided that he wanted to help out, and so he made a charitable record where all the proceeds went to the COVID recovery in Italy, the victims. Um, and he did a Black Sabbath cover album called Sabbat Nero, Sabbat on Ero, um, with some brilliant, brilliant um, covers in there with some great people. There's people from Nervosa who then became Crypta. They are they were just. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how amazing this album is. It's not easily to easy to obtain. Um, it was limited in its run. But it was—it's such a brilliant album. It's a shame it's not on streaming services easily to get because I reckon it was probably the best Black Sabbath cover album there is. And that's as far as I'm going with covers and talking about covers, okay? But that's why I just wanted to go back. I just wanted to to, to draw it back to say Tony talking about his influences. I mean, there's a the man. He's in a band. He was in Atom Craft, which was a, a new album band. You know, he's in. He was in Venom, which was the they were the inventors of of, of in my opinion, thrash and black uh, extreme metal. So, amazing uh, pioneers uh, of of the subgenres. 
yet, you know, an extreme. I mean, Tony can be extreme. He's a very extreme character. Um, but at the same time, he'll happy to sit back and, uh, and, and mellow to some, you know, Aussie Sabbath. And then, to be honest, it can be quite mellow in some respects, in some parts. Um, but, as I said, let's talk about era by era. So, the Aussie era. The Aussie era. What can I say about that? Um, even though Tony Martin is my era, I'd say Aussie is my next. Because, firstly, his voice is is wonderful. It, 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 it is untrained, like John Lydon, like... Um, Johnny Rotten. It's 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 like lightning in a bottle. It's mercurial. It, it's a moment that that shouldn't be, but is. Um, you know, a dirty, raggy-ass boy from Birmingham, from Aston. Um, you know, a, a, a post-war child. Um, and look what he's made. You know, went on to be one of the, like the, you know, what do they call? It? I mean, like people call him. You know. Dark Lord and all this sort of stuff. He's he's so far removed from that um, image that that it's possible to be. Um, he he's a nice, gentle-souled musical man, um, and he's done some amazing. And and so the Aussie era albums they were pioneering. They made some awful stuff. Let's be honest. I, they did. They they had some fillers, not all killers. But they made stuff that was anthemaic, and they made stuff that made you think and move. War pigs, paranoid, hole in the sky, uh, symptom of the universe. You know, stuff that just um, NIB, supernaut, stuff that just that brings you up in a swell of energy and crashes you down, in, and it's almost like a sugar rush with them, right? Um, and and it behind it. He's naively recorded, I think, in a lot of those first few albums, this uh, backing sound, this sound that's that was like a truck crashing through a wall. You know, it wasn't until later on that they sort of, I think, they engineered better and, and managed to get the most out of it. You know, you have Bill Ward's splashy drums, open-armed, open-shouldered. You've got the, you know, criminally uh, underestimated, even though people... You know, he's still considered one of the best um, bass players of all time in Giza. Writes a great song. Doesn't just sit on the octave below. He writes, you know, his his bass pieces are, are fluid and 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 you can see where Steve Harris gets it from um, when it comes to him. And then of course you've got Tony and Ozzy. Uh, you know, it's a it's a partnership made in heaven or hell, which way you look at it. You know, and then of course excess happens. Success happens, um, and egos happen, and things fall apart. It's very common. Uh, and then in comes Dio, you know, and Dio, for people, I know, I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Dio. Um, I'm not a Dio fan for the, he's as such, apart from Heaven Hell, which is a solid gold classic. I don't, I much prefer his solo work rainbow and so on um god rest his soul uh but you know he come in and his ego and his his americanisms without being rude to americans but you know he sort of tries to be a little bit too you know change something that's 
already working. He just needed to slot in and be honest, but no, he slots in and wants to be put his mark on it, and I get it, I really do. So Dio has its, you know, its heaven and hell. I don't think, I think if he hadn't made heaven and hell, and just went straight into mob rules, he would, he would, people wouldn't talk about him in the same breath as as they do, it's because he just happened to hit that zeitgeist at the right moment, you know. And then of course he goes, and you have a a plethora of different people, you know. I mean, I mean, I mean, I really haven't talked about those. One second, with my tea down. I really haven't talked about um, that era of of uh, the sort of I call the I call it the Sabbath um, dark dark ages, right? It's that it's that moment where nothing was quite sure what was happening. No, you know, one second, my computer, one moment. This is where you're dialing, guys, and it hear me tapping on a computer. Um, yeah, so, you know, the, there was a few albums there, let's be honest, that I don't think most of us revisit, um, you know, I'm going to name them in a second, there we go, you know, I think Born Again is one of them, I mean, when was the last time you played Born Again by Black Sabbath? Um, yeah, with Ian Gillen, it's, it should be, on paper, it should be orgasmic, shouldn't it? Ian Gillen, what a set of pipes. Um, you know, with, um, with Geezer Butler and Bill Ward, mate, you'd be thinking, oh my god. But it just is, oh, I don't know, it, it, it sort of flops, doesn't it? I mean, none of the songs, none of them, um... Not one of them I could really name along or sing along to. And again, sorry, if they, they, Ian Gillen, Sabbath might be your era, but nah, not for me, not for me. You know, and then we and then we go into the Tony Martin um, era, of course, um, excluding Seven Star. You know, Eternal Idol, Headless Cross, uh, and Tear. Um, and then you know, comes back. That's amazing. We talked about the last week, and that's my favourite era. And then we get Dehumanizer. We get Dehumanizer. Um, I don't know what you feel about Dehumanizer. Um, hmm. We, again, don't want to be negative. Um, we, the top song on that for me is Time Machine that's it, it's that um, but then again, look at the year, year it was released, I mean when I'm looking at the year it was released, it was released in 1992 so 92, I remember mid to early 90s very very well it was the heavy metal wilderness, wasn't it you know um, that awful bloody grunge had, had taken over, there was um, in England there was a, a revisit to punk which is an amazing thing which I loved and and then there was also your um you know the rise and fall of R&B rise and rise of R&B and um digital um faceless pop music uh you know the it's your Stock Aiken and Waterman um era Kylie Minogue 
you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, when you know, a, you know, it went from a time when you gave a deep purple single at number two to all your top ten completely filled with, um, you know, actors from Neighbours and Home and Away and EastEnders and so on. This is from for those in America. Arrested well, they're, they're um, Australian and British soap operas, very popular in England, um, making singles uh, and, and milking their personality, the cult of personality, as much as they could. So it was the, it was a bit, and also that you know, it was a bit of a, the, the wilderness years for me. So you had that era, and then after that, Ozzy comes back. I oh, know, sorry, I apologise. Um, Tony comes back. Tony decides to come back with Cross Purposes, which is a brilliant album um i really really like it um it's sort of the forgotten tony martin um era and i think it's because it's hard to get hold of now physical copies of it um cross of thorns is brilliant um dying for love is great the hand that rocks the cradle brilliant cardinal sin great um, the highlight for me is Evil Eye, the last track on the album. It's very typically Tony Martin. Um, you know, so there was that wilderness area, and then we come and then we go back. Of course, we have Forbidden, 1995, um, another IRS label album. It's the reason why you can't get it with Tony Martin. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, The Illusion of Power was written by Ice T. You know, what a freaky world hey um crazy that was that was he wrote with tony martin and ice t now there's an experience for people and he even just said on an interview i did with him how many ice ice t was a crazy crazy time so you know we get to that you know and then we go back and then obviously from there on ozzy comes back so there's that wilderness era period uh i taking away the weirdness of the you know um Born Again, um, the the up and down of Tony Martin and 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 Dio, and also that awful album Seventh Star. I know I shouldn't say awful. It's not really a made, it's not really a Sabbath album. It was like Tony Martin, Tony Tony Naomi album with that they labelled as, as Sabbath. Um, it's not awful. It's just not my thing. Um, you know, as eras go, they all have their they all have their pluses and they all have their downs, right? You know, the Tony Martin era issue is, for me, is not the music. Um, for me, the Tony Martin era is really crackingly good because you've got Jeff Nichols on keys and it's more textured. It's the fact that it's not, it, that it's was poorly promoted. It was at the wrong time. If Tony Martin came in to the band and say, I don't know, 82, you would, before Dio, for instance, you you would all talk about him in the same breath as you talk about Dio. You just would. Um, I think it's because uh, it was that wilderness period where most uh, Sabbath fans had walked away because Dio had gone or Ozzy had gone and were being snobbish about it. And, and, all, and all they were doing was buying and listening to back catalogue. You had labels that... Um, didn't care for the music, just wanted to have a big band on their label, and thought that the that the cash, cachet of having um, Black Sabbath in your label would sell multiple millions of records. Uh, that isn't the case. Um, 
they're you know uh, a mixture of poor decisions when it comes to um, producers um, didn't help um, you know infighting within band within the band bad bad blood it wasn't until you know they all come back together again and of course I don't even really enjoy the um, the later when Ozzy came back I thought 13 even though it's their last album and should be the you know a great way out I didn't really connect to it um it, it, it I don't I don't it's a good album I just think it hasn't got um it hasn't got the depth to it it feels quite um thin and a bit too Zach Wildy you know, I don't know if you understand what I mean by that. Um, it, just a little bit too... Let's make metallic. You know, the beauty of the early Sabbath albums is they were heavy because they were heavy. They were thickly corded. They were um, uh, mixed and splashy and dense and rhythmic. Whereas I think now they just... There's sort of this tendency to layer it so heavily and um, make it metallic in the mix uh, or make it metallic I don't know how that what well, I don't know how to describe it but they're not it doesn't feel it's like um real coke and fake coke right you know the difference you know why one has why one works and why one doesn't right the reason that coke works is it's fucking full of sugar and the reason that coke light or zero doesn't doesn't work is because it doesn't have sugar in it. It's full of preservatives, which are trying to be sugar. You know, if I think about that, that, that analogy. So that's why I think early Sabbath is going to always outweigh later Sabbath because new Sabbath is sugar light, sugar free, right? In, in its mix. Um, now I've talked. I have. I mean, I did say right at the beginning. This is conclusions, delusions, and illusions. Now. My conclusion is that Sabbath will always be the greatest band in the history of heavy rock for me. I mean, I am a die-nord Iron Man Maiden fan. I fucking love Iron Maiden. I wouldn't travel an hour across the town to go headbanging to a cover band if I didn't love Maiden. I love Maiden. Um, I also wouldn't have a big tattoo on my back of Eddie if I didn't either, right? But Sabbath will always be the number one. Okay, so that's the conclusion. They will always be the greatest. Whatever they do, whatever influence you think you're not being influenced by them, by osmosis, you are being influenced. Okay, um, by by cultural osmosis, you are being influenced by them. In your if you play heavy heavy metal or heavy rock, um, and you know, delusion. I think the delusion part really of this conversation is that we're all deluded if we think that one aspect of the history of the band is better than the other because we should enjoy them all equally. And what I've learned from this four-part series, and I hope you've learned from this as well, is to, to, to sort of enjoy every aspect of the band, right? Every part of their history. Sorry, I'm going to get my tea. And the illusion, I think the illusion part is the magic and smoke and mirrors that a band can do 
like Sabbath, come out of it with playing blues and ending up making and creating a genre that is so vastly diverse, so infinitely more diverse than it's a birthplace. There are when you listen to blues, there are different types of blues. Yes, there are Texas blues, bluegrass blues. They're all different kinds of blues. White blues, Delta blues, but only a handful. Within within that handful of blues, is a handful of a basic one-dimensional style. Now, I didn't mean it that way because you know Rory Gallagher and people like that are not one-dimensional. Gary Moore, no, I don't mean that. Buddy Guy, Albert King, I could do a whole episode on blues guitarists, right? Which I might do one day. Um, not that. But it is a simply structured piece of uh, type of music, you know. As my dear brother would say, um, you know, it's like status quo. You know, it's like another song, another song. It's what makes it so joyous. Is that is that repetitivity? Is that right word? Is that a real word? Repetition of it. Um, If repetitivity isn't a real word, I'm going to now license it. Um, But it's. But with the, the 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 diversity of metal that we the family the music we listen to is the reason you're listening to my show when we're chatting about it is that we all have these you know whether you sit there and go I only listen to new album no you don't because you would listen to speed metal thrash metal um, I mean I can't I can't even name each genre has an infinite different amount of genres because people within our the beauty and joyousness within the heavy metal world is that there's so much to to dig out and find and and learn whether it's noiseless rubbish whether it's someone's like i said a few weeks ago it's like someone standing in a room howling while rain is playing but you know and someone's got one string and they're playing one note in an eternal dirge it doesn't matter to that person and to their little group of fans that's their stairway to heaven it's their i know i like in your wardrobe it's their um you know it's their Rock and roll all night, you know, it's their thing, right? It's their number of the beast. Um, and so, that the illusion is, we're all illusion. Is, the illusion is that we think we're not being influenced, and we are. That's the illusion. So, conclusion, yes. So that's it. Conclusion, illusion. And delusion. <laughs> no, we're not deluded. Although I probably am sometimes. Um... Anyway, that's it for this week. Let's put my tea on one second. Mm. Um, I hope you enjoyed the little four-part mini-series within a ser- within the within the um, within the heavy metal tones um, framework. I really enjoyed doing it. it. Made me think about it. it. Was really good to think about the stuff again. It really does open the mind, make you go back and, and be re- retrospective. Um, next week episode was going to be. Um, was going to be the Head to the Dead album, but because the new Venom Inc. album drops this Friday, um, I am going to be doing a deep dive into the new Venom Inc. album. I'm so looking forward to it. I've deliberately only heard the couple of the singles. Even though I've had access to the album, I haven't listened to it because I really want to just do it on day of release. Old school. Um, I can't wait for my vinyl copies to come in. I've ordered about four different variants of it. Um, and, and cassette, I think, and I haven't done CD, because, I don't know, I might do it, who knows, anyway, that's me for this week, 
I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I, I hope that you have opened your mind and gone and listened to it, uh, some different eras of Sabbath and not just gone, I'm only Aussie, I'm only Dio. Um, I hope you have listened to Tony Martin because I'd like to say that, you know, that's my it's my era. Um, and see how you feel about it, you know, and how the different eras that we live through have, have have changed the way the music is made because there are points which I didn't really come across actually um, that each era is different as well because they're making music sometimes subconsciously recording subconsciously differently for them to sell their records you know uh, it's very difficult to be 100% true to your one sound because you know, otherwise you will fade away and die because you do need to grow. And this is part of this conversation I had today is growth is, is the key behind it. Anyway, keep safe, guys. And uh, we'll chat next week. Bye now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.